0: and welcome to Encouraging Others and Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 252 in a world of unlikely friendships. I am on a friendship kick in my mind at the moment. I am pre-recording this episode just as I did last week's in preparation to take a journey to my hometown. And there is no way that I can head that direction without becoming nostalgic regarding friendships. Whether it be the people that I am getting ready to see that I haven't seen in years, or one of the stops along the way will be where one of my friends lived for a short season of time. And I was just thinking about that just a moment ago because... I wouldn't know that this particular stop on the interstate existed if it hadn't have been for her time in that area. Sometimes we have likely friendships. We have friendships that just make sense. Where you have a lot in common with the person. It's kind of almost expected that you would hit it off. And some of those work for a season, and some of those work for a lifetime. And I thank God for those. But sometimes, we have what seem like unlikely friendships, where you come from opposite sides of the world. It may be mentally, spiritually, emotionally, or in my case, physically. And yet, it clicks And these are just like the others. They may be for a season of life. They may be for a lifetime. Back in the earlier days of this podcast, in episode 135, which seems like forever ago, even though I remember the podcast like it was yesterday, because it's one of my favorite topics, we talked about the friendship of, at that time, Prince Jonathan, of Israel, Saul's son, and David, the future king of Israel. And just how that relationship was a mutual pouring into each other, how much Jonathan loved David, and David obviously reciprocated. And you can go back and listen to that. i put the link in the show notes down below. And so David has had Friendships throughout his life. There's no doubt about that, and, and some of them were more than likely more like acquaintanceships, where it's not like you really had heart ties, but they were connected because of their allegiances between countries where they got along for the sake of, it's good for us, so therefore we're going to be peaceful with the other person. There's been some famous shaking of hands during my lifetime of leaders from different nations who were definitely not friends, but for that season of time, they decided to play nice. And we've been walking our way through the book of 1 Kings, and now I have got to include the book of 2 Chronicles as we continue this journey because the writer of Kings, the writer of Chronicles, talk about many of the same stories in the life of the kingdom of Israel. But they oftentimes present them in very different ways. Today's part is not presented as much in a different way as it is that in Second Chronicles, we see a little bit more of the heart of King Hiram of Tyre. Whereas, as we get into the divided kingdom that I have been teaching through for the last few years... There are times where in one of the books, you will see like one or two sentences about a particular kingship. Usually that would be in, in the book of kings, second kings usually at that point. And yet in the book of Chronicles, you would see much more information. For instance, there's one particular king in the divided kingdom that was mean as a snake for the majority of his reign. He was absolutely awful. But in the last few years of his life, he committed his life to the Lord and he made a massive shift. But if you only read the account in the book of Kings, you don't see the shift at all. It's not even talked about. Whereas in the book of Chronicles, you will see that today. I'm going to read both of those passages, and you have a link there in the show notes to both of them. We're going to talk about 1 Kings 5 1 through 12, and we're going to talk about 2 Chronicles 2 1 through 16. A lot of it is the same story. So you will hear a lot of the same bits of information, and yet you're going to hear a little bit more heart coming from the book of 2 Chronicles. And so the book of 1 Kings 5, it starts out with this verse. It says, King Hiram of Tyre had always been a loyal friend of David. When Hiram learned that David's son Solomon was the new king of Israel, he sent ambassadors to congratulate him. And as is often the case in the NLT, for which I am extremely grateful they have footnotes. They footnote a lot of things because the translators were trying to be very careful whenever there was something that was a little bit different than maybe in a previous translation, another translation. Like with this, it says verses 5, 1 through 18 are numbered five fifteen through 32 in the Hebrew text. You and I, if we are not looking at the Hebrew text, we would never know that. But they're trying to be diligent. They're trying to make sure that we know that. And the same thing from the ESV, which is more a word-for-word translation. I think I've told you all before, usually when I do this podcast, I have both of them up in front of me. And I want to read the word-for-word translation to you on that particular verse. Now, king, now Hiram, king of Tyre... Sent his servants to Solomon when he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father. For Hiram had always loved David. And if you look at some of the other translations like the NIV or the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which I looked at both of those earlier today, it talks about the fact that Hiram and David had always been friendly. And uh, that's where the title of this podcast came from because... I doubt that a whole lot of people in the kingdom of Tyre were probably that fond of David. I mean, David is an opposing king. And the God of Israel was not well liked by the enemies of Israel because, especially during the lifetime of David, David had been victorious at every turn. I mean, he handed Solomon... A kingdom of peace. Solomon was not a man of war, and he did not need to be. He did not need to be that type of ruler. He needed to have the wisdom that he had asked for. But he did not need to be a fighting man as his father had been. Because David had fought so many battles. So you can just bet that the people around either wanted to be a part of the Israelite nation because the Israelite nation had been in their golden era during the time of David. And then as Solomon takes over, I mean, they're rich. Like, Solomon is absolutely filthy rich. And you know, there may have been some that wanted to come and, and try to be a part of or friends with because of what they thought could get them. But they weren't humbling themselves in adoration to the God of Israel. But this relationship between King Hiram of Tyre and David, we don't know a lot about it. But as we're going to see as we go into the account in 2 Chronicles, King Hiram, unless he was just doing flowery words, which I truly do not think he was, Unless he was doing flowery words, he had great respect and even adoration for the God of Israel. Now, whether he was a follower or not, we do not know. But he gives honor to the Lord God of Israel. And so as we go down through these scriptures, I want you to think about in your life, which friend or friends has pointed you to Christ? Take time to thank the Lord for his or her influence on your life. We don't know for sure that Hiram's respect for the God of Israel was because of his relationship to David. We don't. But we definitely don't know that it wasn't. Remember, David was a man after God's own heart. And if you remember from last week's lesson, We were talking about how David so wanted to build the kingdom for, kingdom, the the temple for God. And Hiram had been a part of helping David build his own palace. And so they had had conversations, and you can tell that from this. This wasn't just a business agreement. You can tell from Solomon talking to Hiram that Hiram knew why David wasn't the one building the temple. He had insights. He and David had a relationship that was beyond just business partners, more than likely. And I have to believe that that had influence on how King Hiram saw David. So, something I'm going to tell you before we get down into it, It can get confusing because Hiram sends another Hiram, and it's sometimes spoken Hiram, to be the master craftsman to help with the preparation of the temple. So the temple was this massive project, and we're going to see that more, I think, next week. is when we'll probably get into that. And we may even dive back into some of these same scriptures in Second Chronicles as we as we look at the master craftsman. But I just wanted you to know, hey, there's two hybrids. And sometimes the translators will put their names differently to help to cut down on the confusion. And I totally agree with that. When I first moved to New Orleans, I worked in a staffing agency. And so we were on the phone all the time. And there were two people named Kim. And that was not going to work. So I had to go by a nickname because the other person had been there longer. Because otherwise, it was just going to get beyond crazy. And that would happen with these scriptures. So we have King Hiram. He has contacted Solomon, congratulating him on becoming the king of Israel. Let's keep going. Then Solomon sent this message back to Hiram You know that my father David was not able to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord his God because of the many years, many wars waged against him by surrounding nations. He could not build until the Lord gave him victory over all his enemies. Stop there. So Solomon is acknowledging that King Hiram. And David had such conversations, enough depth to know the desire of David's heart to build this temple to God, and the fact that God had told him no, and Hiram even knew why, and Solomon was acknowledging that. So we know that there is some sort of tight relationship here. But now the Lord my God has given me peace on every side. I have no enemies, and all is well. So I am planning to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God, just as he had instructed my father David. For the Lord told him, Your son, whom I will place on your throne, will build the temple to honor my name. Therefore, please command that cedars from Lebanon be cut for me. Let my men work alongside yours, and I will pay your men whatever wages you ask. As you know, there is no one among us who can cut timber like you Sidonians. When Hiram received Solomon's message, he was very pleased and said, Praise the Lord today for giving David such a wise son to be king of the great nation of Israel. And what we're going to see in the Chronicle, Chronicler's, Uh, account, we're going to see that Hiram's message had more in it than just that particular phrase, even though that phrase is also in there. So, then he sent this reply to Solomon, I have received your message and I will supply all the cedar and cypress timber you need. My servants will bring the logs from the Lebanon mountains to the Mediterranean Sea and make them into rafts and float them across the coast to whatever place you choose. Then we will break the rafts apart so you can carry the logs away. You can pay me by supplying me with food for my household. So Hiram supplied as much tim- much cedar and cypress timber as Solomon desired. In return, Solomon sent him an annual payment. And so if you look at this, like in the ESV, they talk about CORS, C-O-R-S. The translators of the NLT used measurement that you and I would understand better. So an annual payment of a 100,000 bushels of wheat for his household and 110,000 gallons of pure olive oil. So the Lord gave wisdom to Solomon as he had promised and Hiram and Solomon made a formal alliance of peace. And now we're going to get into the chroniclers account of the same interactions, but he more than likely a he we don't know, but more than likely a he emphasizes different parts to the story. So, remind yourself of how the other account began. The fact that Hiram had contacted Solomon to congratulate him on being named to the king of Israel. So, here we go. 2 Chronicles 2, 1-16. through 16. Solomon decided to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord. And also a palace for himself. That's a story in itself, so we're not going there today. He enlisted a force of 70,000 laborers, 80,000 men to quarry stone in the hill country, and 3,600 foremen. Solomon also sent this message to King Hiram. And we get to the footnote, Hebrew, Hiram, as I mentioned earlier, a variant spelling of Hiram. So, he sent this message to King Hiram at Tyre. Send me cedar logs as you did for my father, David, when he was building his palace. I am about to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God. It will be a place set apart to burn fragrant incense before him, to display the special sacrificial bread, and to sacrifice burnt offerings each morning and evening, on the Sabbaths and at new moon celebrations and at the other appointed festivals of the Lord our God. He has commanded Israel to do these things forever. This must be a magnificent temple because our God is greater than all other gods. But who can really build him a worthy home? Not even the highest heavens can contain him. So who am I to consider building a temple for him except as a place to burn sacrifices to him? So send me a master craftsman who can work with gold, silver, bronze, and iron, as well as with purple, scarlet, and blue cloth. You must be a skilled engraver who can work with the craftsmen of Judah and Jerusalem who were selected by my father David. Also send me cedar, cypress, and red sandalwood logs from Lebanon, for I know that your men are without equal at cutting timber in Lebanon. I will send my men to help them, and a Mince amount of timber will be needed for the temple, and I'm going to build, for the temple I am going to build, will be very large and magnificent. In payment for your woodcutters, I will send a 100,000 bushels of crushed wheat, 100,000 bushels of barley, 110,000 gallons of wine, and 110 gallons, 110,000 gallons of olive oil. And here is King Hiram's response, and this is where I want you to pay extra attention to this verse. I want you to hear the heart of King Hiram, and then we will read it in the ESV as well. King Hiram sent this letter of reply to Solomon. It is because the Lord, and that is the capital letter Lord, that's important um, just in scripture as a general rule. He is referring to him as Lord, true Lord, not just flippantly. Loves his people that he has made you their king. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel who made the heavens and the earth. He has given King David a wise son gifted with skill and understanding who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal place for himself. And throughout that, he repeatedly uses the proper name for God. Let's look at this same verse in the ESV. That Hiram, the king of Tyre, answered in a letter that he sent to Solomon, Because the Lord loves his people, he's made you king over them. Hiram also said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who made heaven and earth, who has given King David a wise son, who has discretion and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. Do you hear that? That I hear respect. I mean, he could be just blowing smoke. Like, we, we know that that is possible. But if he truly believes that Solomon is wise, and he would have heard about Solomon's wisdom by this point, I don't think he would try to blow smoke to somebody who's you know, is gifted with godly wisdom. I think he really honors the Lord God of Israel who made the heavens and the earth. I mean, he is acknowledging that the God of Israel is different than that little g gods that are all around. Let's finish out this section and then come back. Verse 13 in 2 Chronicles from the NLT I am sending you a master craftsman named Huram Abbi. And again, their names are the same uh, and it can get really dicey, so therefore it, it's helpful that both the ESV and the NLT use that Huram Abba, which helps to set them apart. Who is extremely talented. His mother is from the tribe of Dan in Israel and his father from Tyre. So in other words, he was... Someone from the Israelite clans, from the tribe of Dan, and also from Tyre. So he was a little bit of both. He is skillful at making things from gold, silver, bronze, and iron, and he also works with stone and wood. He can work with purple, blue, scarlet cloth, and fine linen. He is also an engraver and can follow any design given to him. He will work with your craftsmen and those appointed by my Lord David, your father. Send along the wheat, barley, olive oil, and wine that my Lord has mentioned. We will cut whatever timber you need from the Lebanon mountains and will float the logs in rafts down the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to Joppa. From there, you can transport the logs up to Jerusalem. And we will definitely hit on more of Hiram Abbey in future weeks, but I want us to think about I want us to think about this relationship between Hiram and David and how this might very well have influenced his relationship to the God of Israel. I was caught this time I hadn't realized it earlier But in verse 14, he says, He will work with your craftsmen and those appointed by my Lord, David, your father. And Lord is little letters, um, different than the word that he used to describe the God of Israel. And if you look at it from the ESV, it says the craftsmen of my Lord, David, your father. Like he is showing such honor to David, and therefore he is showing such honor to David's God. Whether he chooses to follow the God of Israel, we don't know. But it really is not a stretch at all to see that the respect that Hiram had for David has helped him to respect the God for whom David has committed his life who David loves. I want you to think about the people in your life. They may have been likely friendships. You may have met them in Sunday school. (laughs) And, And they influenced you because of their godliness. Or maybe it was because of their just strong commitment. And they've never wavered. Or maybe it was because they absolutely fell away. And... Came to the Lord in a way that they have changed their life totally to serve Him, or it may be an unlikely friendship somebody who, in your wildest dreams, you couldn't have dreamt up would be a person that you would be close to, but in that friendship. You have seen glimpses of their relationship with God. And that has changed you. I know I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, for the rest of my days, I want to be that kind of person. That when someone gets close to me, they cannot help but see Jesus. Jesus. Can you join me in that? That even though this was specifically about thinking about those friends, whether they were for a season or for a lifetime, who have pointed you to Christ, may we also commit to be that kind of person. To be as David was and to be a person after God's own heart. David did not have it all right. Goodness knows we've spent years now looking at his life. And he definitely wasn't perfect. And especially when it came to his family relationships, he definitely wasn't perfect. And yet he loved the Lord. And when God called him on the carpet for his sin, instead of running away, he faced up to what he did. Go back and read Psalm 51 if you want to see the humility of David when God confronted him for what he had done in my opinion to Bathsheba and then to Bathsheba's husband. So as I finish out this podcast I leave you with two challenges. Number one is what's listed in the weekly assignment feature. Which friend or friends has pointed you to Christ? Take time to thank the Lord for his or her influence on your life. And the second challenge is not what's written, but what I am speaking to you now. Whether it's a likely friendship or an unlikely friendship, be the kind of person who points to Christ. Whether you are on the top of the mountain or you are in the valley, Show others that God is real. Whether it be on the mountaintop. As many pro athletes are doing right now. Taking advantage of the platform God has given them. And they are pointing to Jesus. Or whether it be in your deepest valley. Where all you can sing is a broken hallelujah. Point to Jesus. And may the Hiram's in your life see him and grow to love him. Imagine the reunion in heaven when you are able to see that even in your deepest, darkest days, that little light, this little light of mine, Shown bright enough for others to see their way to Christ. Oh, what a day that will be. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, you can check out the Seasons of Friendship episode 135, where we talk about Jonathan and David and their friendship. Jonathan influenced David's friendship with Hiram. He had to because that friendship was a part of David's DNA. We saw the influence long after Jonathan was gone where David was wanting to do something good for someone in that family. We influence others even after we have left each other's paths. May that influence be a bright shining light Pointing them to Christ. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at Jesus at gmail.com. There's information below to begin a personal relationship with Jesus. If you've got questions about that, you can reach out on the social media pages. You can find the rest of our episodes, not just 135 and 252, but all of them on my Podbean site. You can scan the QR code at the bottom and get there. Please remember that this is free for you to listen to, but it's also free for you to share. Who needs to hear this encouraging word today? Maybe it is somebody on the other side of your unlikely friendship. Maybe it's the person that you are so thankful for that pointed you to Christ. Maybe you could share this with them and just say, hey, this caused me to think of you. What a difference that might make in their life. And so thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing. And just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day.